um, setting up a business is a different experience because what happens is at first you do a bit of design and you do a bit of customer admin. And then what happens is the customer base grows, they need more attention, and then you can't design because you, you have to sleep. Right. And so like I was doing just copywriting and admin, copywriting, admin, and then I found that lots of admin, more admin, more admin, more customer, you know, more marketing and all that window shrunk. And so that's when you have to build a team. And so, yes, that is, it's something that you have to weigh up. So from your experience working as a CMO, as well as running your own agency in that hiring position, for someone straight out of university or during university with little to minimal, no experience, what would be some roles that they would serve regarding content side of things? Marketing is like is unlike any other practice. There is no hard and fast rule. There's not, um, even though I showed you a textbook, there's no textbook that says A plus B equals C because it never does that. It's not like accounting where there's a standard practice and you do this and you do that and it makes this. Sometimes you'll get graduates or people that are in uni and studying that go, oh, I want to work in Google. And actually, the most growth that you can get is in a business that has no clue. In your interview, here's a hack. If you seriously want to impress them, say this. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Marketing Insider Podcast our weekly dose of a marketing professional's career story to bring you insight and education about what is actually out there in the field of marketing. Today, we're joined by Chris Melotti. And Chris has been working in the industry for over a decade now and has run his own media agency called Melotti Media. There's worked with brands such as Dettol and O'Brien's Glass, to name a few. Alongside that, he also teaches at the Australian Marketing Institute, as well as presenting a talk at the Australian Bureau of Statistics as well. Today, we cover things such as content marketing, what actually is it, how can you break into it as a university student, as well as a deep dive into the concept of networking. If you have any questions, always feel free to chuck us a DM on Instagram and we will get back to you in time. But apart from that, be sure to enjoy today's episode and leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Insider Podcast. Now, today's topic is on content marketing. What actually is it? And, you know, as a graduate, where is it best to gain some starting uni experience? So today, super thankful to get some time with Chris. Chris, how are you today? Hi, everyone. I'm well. Thank you, Ryan. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you. And if you guys want a little bit more background regarding Chris and unpacking his experience a bit more, I did chuck a little bit of an interlude before. So we're just going to hop straight into the questions for today. Now, the first phase that we really want to talk about is more around the past and I guess defining content marketing and understanding if you're the best practices as well. So my first question to you, Chris, is in terms of content marketing, what does it mean to you? Oh, that's a big question. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, for, the, for me, content marketing, as a marketer myself, um, I found that content marketing was a huge and appealing uh, area for both myself and so many businesses, simply because it's the ability to create 
pieces of content and media that allow you to connect with audiences, build trust and and um, build a connection on their terms. And that, because I've been in marketing for over 15 years now, that has been a, a game changer and a bit of a trend shift. And so, yeah, so content marketing is about, about that sort of taking a different perspective and being less pushy and less in your face and more about conducive connection and and um, building great rapport. Yeah, and that segues really nicely, actually, and really talking about how the core function of marketing nowadays isn't so much to persuade people or try and you know bring people to the other side to purchase their products, about genuinely adding value, and content yes. is such a key piece to that. And my next question actually is, for someone who doesn't actually know too much about content marketing, has yep. a little bit of a flair when it comes to being creative, uh, writing up certain long-form articles or short-form copy, what would you say are some of the best practices within the industry that yep. are great to adhere to as a foundation? Yep, yeah, no problem. So, look, best practices, there's there's a lot of them at the moment, but one the ones that I'm actively involved with and enforce are uh, knowing your audience. Okay, because this is the biggest thing and the biggest challenge for for every brand and every business is um, understanding their audience. And it's not just like I hear all kinds of feedback, and it's all it's all like, oh, they're women, or they're men, or um, you know, or they're adventurous, right? And so the thing is, content's success is so hinged around knowing your audience and producing content that is going to appeal to them and they're going to find value in. And so it's a really big thing. See, the thing is, is as content starts to evolve, businesses and brands start to get into this area where they they do are uh, creative for creative sake. And I love creativity. Like that's a, a key cornerstone to my content marketing. But it's always, always anchored around your audience and knowing who your audience um, is and writing and creating to them. Um, the other best practices, I would say knowing your brand. So first knowing your audience and then knowing your brand because I believe that the best content is between your, your audience and your product and, and the content is that overlapping middle section. So that's where the best com- content comes from. And so it's all about creating um, uh, pieces and material that bridge that gap. And, and so that's kind of where the best practices are, is, is knowing your audience, knowing yourself, and maybe knowing your objectives as well. So that, you know, knowing your goals and what you want to get out of content is another big thing. So it's not just... Um, you know, hey, let's just produce social media posts because we should. It's about saying, okay, we want to create a good presence on our social media because we want to achieve these particular goals and set this particular tone and scene. So it's all about um, knowledge and and going in with direction rather than spamming. And that's something that's Mm. very dangerous in content marketing is that (laughs) over-spamming rather than having direction Mm. and and precise, you know, um, strategic direction on that. Yeah, and hooking into that last point regarding direction and starting with the end in mind when it comes to the content, uh, for someone or, or just companies in general, when they're looking to employ students and uh, what kind of different mediums are there in which content can really be published? So, for example, you mentioned social media would be a great one. Mm. Oh, look, there's heaps. Like, so, so inside of social media, there's so many different platforms and, and I'm sure that many generations, especially the younger generation, know this quite quite well um so like 
there's all the traditional ones like Facebook and Twitter. And then there's the um, LinkedIn has got an old reputation, but it's actually transforming mm. quite fast. So LinkedIn should never be ignored, along with what always gets ignored is Google My Business. Google My Business is mm. a very big social media content platform publishing platform that seems to just get completely missed all the time and and it's at a brand's detriment because people google every day and google mm. is of course going to be behind their own social media channel and their own content production channel so so google my business and of course the new ones like tiktok and um even pinterest is a good one so all of those kind of platforms but it's also now growing like there's a lot of different areas with ai that's coming out and mm. um, there's things like programmatic um and, and machine learning that's all about producing content in the right places and publishing it um there's a lot of curation sites like mix.com um, that's really really useful and getting a lot of traction out there as well um, what else do you say oh, of course your own website this again mm. gets overlooked so frequently is people forget that your own website is, <laughs> a, is a treasure trove of public so it should be a publishing engine yeah, 100%. And it's great because I think people often misassociate content marketing with just blogs or yes. just social media or just writing copy for Google Ads, for example. And it's really encompassing the whole kind of omni-channel strategy as people would kind Big of one. say it. Content Big is one. the real crux and the foundation of everything. But I, I heard you mention something regarding that, that secondary uh, web platform. And you mentioned the term backlinking. Now... Yes. It's funny because the next question I was going to ask is actually on search engine optimization mm -hmm. as well. And so yeah, right. SEO is a word that's thrown around an absolute mm -hmm. ton. And maybe people have some misconceptions around it. So first of all, would you be able to define what bank link backlinking is with that? Sure. And then I'll come back with the second question to you after that. Sure. So in search engine optimization, backlinking is the practice of um, getting credible websites or websites that are relevant and uh, respected and high ranking um, to link to a relevant page on your website. Now, so mm -hmm. Google Google has, and this is, um, you know, Google, Google's SEO approach and, and is very complicated and they actually don't release <laughs> it to us. We have to work it out ourselves, okay? Um, however, um, one of the practices is that backlinking where it's it's like they, they use signals to determine how credible your website is. And if you have um, websites like government websites or highly credible mm. um, service websites or industry body websites or even Wikipedia is seen by mm. Google as a highly credible website, when you have links back to your website, from then, then that helps you get uh, credible, like it gives you a boost in mm. Google. But it can work in the reverse. So it can work where less credible websites link to you and that can work at your detriment in some regards. Mm. So so like there's a lot of um, dodgy behaviour around it where you find like services that will say, oh, we'll provide you, you know, if you pay us, we'll provide you with 100 backlinks. Yeah. But what actually happens is if you get an SEO expert to scan your website, they find that there's a lot of negative mm. like connotation <laughs> backlinks with that. So you've got to be careful mm. with what gets your backlinks. And I'll give you an example. So I do a lot of teaching with a lot of institutions like the Australian Marketing Institute. And so they mm. have a bio page on me and my website and my content. 
as as one of the speakers and teachers. And so that because they're they're an industry body that has a high credibility rating by Google, much higher than my own because I'm just an individual writer, whereas they're you know an institutional body. By them backlinking to me, it's giving me uh, extra bonus points of SEO. <laughs> That's a backlink. Awesome and. The second question I wanted to tack on with that was regarding, you mentioned search engine optimization and SEO. So there are a lot of crossover and a lot of links between SEO and content marketing. Big time. So someone that's in a student and we'll put them, yeah, put ourselves in the the shoes of a student, right? And they decided that they want to take more of that content route down further, but they're not sure between, I guess, what's really different between SEO and what's really different between content marketing. Would you mind kind of enlightening us sure. a little bit regarding the kind of similarities there between the two? Yeah. Content marketing is a practice of marketing where you create pieces of content around an audience interest to earn trust, um, provide value and offer engagement. Um, remember, Google's primary objective at the search engine side of Google, their primary objective is to help people searching find the best search results. Okay. Mm. Now, to do that, they have algorithms that scan websites and pieces of content, and they and they have this huge um, list of of criteria. Which last, at last time, I think they said it was like over two hundred criteria, right? Mm. And so, what they do is it scans your website and pieces of content, and it says for this particular search, this particular website or piece of content is the best match. So the more, the better that you are a good match, the better your ranking will be in a search result, okay? And so um, the way that content plays into this is it's what gets searched by Google and it's spiders or the algorithm spiders. And so, for example, um, if you if you create a blog with um, lots of, that ticks a lot of Google's boxes, then you will rank highly in search, in search engine optimization, which is what it sounds like is search engine optimization. Yeah. Um, there's two sides of search engine optimization. And again, this is being extremely brief. There are two sides. <laughs> there is a, um, there is a, te- there is a technical mechanical side of, of SEO. Mm-hmm. And then there's the content side of SEO. In brief, the technical side of SEO is like page load speed and mm. making sure that your coding is compliant with Google the way can Google can read it and things like that. Mm. So that is something that is not usually included in content marketing. That's like your website builder and your coder mm-hmm. who can help um, create pages and content that mechanically Google can relate to. Okay, so like if mm. your page takes eight seconds to load, Google will start to mark you down because it's taking a while for you mm. to, to, to for your user to get it and it's a poor experience, so it starts to push you down. Mm. The content side, which is what your question was, is about finding keywords and phrases and um, a pleasurable consumer experience in your content so that basically it flags Google and says, this is an informative and relevant piece of content. So, for example, if you were to say, uh, I, I wrote a blog today that was on the property conditions of this year, like what's up for real estate in Australia. When you, those keywords like real estate Australia, property Australia, buying property, all those key phrases that people would Google, when you mm. put them into your piece of content, that will help Google identify that it's relevant and help it rank you. So that even though that sounded like a long answer, that was extremely <laughs> tip and tip and tip of the iceberg 
of what SEO is and what mm. content is and how they overlap. Yeah, and honestly, that's such a big question. And I think it's it's something that Chris and I were talking about earlier. It's something that no one ever really... It's such a big beast. It's such a big animal in terms of SEO and content that no one can ever really get onto it unless you work for Google and you work with the algorithm yeah. itself. But that's, I guess, the beauty of it because it really differentiates if someone brings in that creative element to it with these best practices that Chris mentioned. For example, mm-hmm. that more technical side with the SEO and then you implement your more creative side, which is what being a marketer is really all about. And yeah. you mentioned here, and I guess just to wrap up this section, regarding content marketing, what mm-hmm. would you say would be some good resources? One, the first question is, good resources for good resources for people with a very foundational level understanding of content marketing. Mm-hmm. What would be some certain websites, blogs, or articles, people of influence on LinkedIn yeah. to kind of follow and read up so they can educate themselves regarding the industry? Yeah. Um, well, not to go down selfish road, but definitely my blog <laughs> to with, and, and it's not like it really is legitimate. Like I, I share mm. about three blogs a week on marketing tips, content, and things. So you can just go to multimedia.com.au slash blog, and mm. I, I put, I pour my heart out on that. So, and it's not it's, it's like I give tips on Google algorithms, blogging, content mm. production, marketing, knowing your audience. So there's heaps of resources that I want to share. So please mm. scour it and have fun, read it, enjoy it. I, and I do podcasts and everything like that. So that's all on my website you can find. So use it to your heart's content. It's plenty there. <laughs> um, there are other ones I, uh, in addition to that, the ones that I kind of look at, I like podcasts podcasting and and listen to podcasts the reason is because i as a writer i read every day so it's nice to have a bit of a relapse Mm. on that so the podcast i like to listen to that will definitely help you is marketing school um which is by eric sue and neil patel um Mm. the reason why they are good is because they do short uh podcasts that last about six to seven minutes and they really give you legitimate strategies like as in it's Mm. like it's like the way i write it's just like this is what's worked for me i'm sharing it um it's there's no sort of code to break or anything like it's really useful resource um there's a few others i like um there's one there's called the small big business marketing show um, that's mm. a good one, especially for Australian audience, because it, this guy literally um, interviews people from businesses all over Australia, and it and they just, it just basically says, "This is a scenario. This is how I um, how I you know how I dealt with it." Um, they're the main ones I would suggest. Um, I think they're yeah, they're the ones I just in a nutshell of, of what I was just is, mm. is those kind of resources there. Um, but there's there's awesome. many like the Australian Marketing Institute also has a lot there. Yeah. There's Adma, ADMA, um, yeah, those kind of resources will help you. Yeah, and uh, personally for me, when I was first learning about it, there's two main ones as well. Uh, yeah. One is General Assembly, where Chris actually teaches at. Oh, sorry, um, General. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yes, General <laughs> Assembly, where I teach. <laughs> <laughs> um, General Assembly's got some really good free kind of taster workshops. Um, are they intro to digital marketing as a whole or intro to search engine optimization or content marketing as well? And then another one is actually Search Engine Land, which is a website that kind of posts a lot of different news regarding both search engine marketing and optimization. And as Chris mentioned before, 
SEO side of things really links in well with the content to make sure you have the good cut through with that. Yeah. And I also have a book. I, I, it's going to sound a bit out of fashion. I'm just trying to get it for you. It, um, but this, I actually, so this is the one I studied mm. in, in, in uni. And, and it's funny because um, this one is, is Principles of Marketing by Philip Kotler. Now, I studied this in uni years ago. And the, <laughs> newest, the funny thing is I bought it, the newest edition just to see how much it changed. And it's actually really good. Like if you want it as a mm. resource, it has so many different examples and things like that. Um, if you are studying marketing or you want to get into it, it's actually a really good resource. I, I was surprised because I thought maybe your textbooks mm-hmm. were a little bit outdated, but <laughs> this, this has like social media mm. and, and everything about customers and content. Wow. So if you're thinking about principles of marketing, uh, I've got the 17th edition. Um, it was a, a surprisingly useful mm. resource. Wow, awesome. And I guess that a textbook is always as well kind of explaining things for people who are just starting off. So yeah. perhaps in that sense... It's kind of good to get that foundational and then to keep up to date, you can check out, for example, Chris's blog and the search engine land and a few other different things as well. Now, moving on to the second phase, which is more talking about the present, as I'll phrase it. So getting straight into it, in terms of you, Chris, we see the the banner behind you there, but running, I guess, one of the largest content-based agencies in Australia. First of all, uh, what is it and what do you guys specialize in? Yeah, sure. So um, I started multimedia oh, quite a few years ago now, and uh, and it has grown from strength to strength. And so at first we started off as copywriters. So we were doing uh, that was our main bread and butter. Um, and we because I have a corporate marketing background and I've got years of experience in across a few different industries as CM as a CMO. Um, what I was finding was that. People didn't just want a ghostwriter. Um, they wanted strategy and direction and and all those mm. kind of things. So what I did was I actually evolved the business into a message marketing agency, which I coined myself. And so what it meant was, and, and of course it's an education process, but um, it, it's it's showing people and giving people direction around content rather than just writing mm. it because I was finding that, people were coming back to myself and my team because it wasn't just, hey, write this email. They would, I would say to them, why do you need that email? Like, tell me why. And they would go, oh, because I want to get mm. sales. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> and, then, and then they would go and then we, we would get further and further down and then it would end up being that they didn't need an email at all. They needed a newsletter mm. or they needed um, a, a blog series or they needed to do a few podcasts to get better results. And I found that people mm. were like, oh, my gosh, like this is what I need. And so this helped me uh, understand audiences much better and give them more value and so as a result we've evolved from we're not just copywriters we're message marketers and mm. and, it, and it has worked really well because we've been working with um uh, brands that people don't know as well as many brands that people do know like um the starlight foundation i, I just did a um a i did a creative series of ads for a brian glass in australia um mm. i've worked with Dettol and a lot of household brands and things like that um, and it's not a name drop. It's more like um, providing more value than just writing mm. is where our agency has evolved into. And I'm very happy for that. <laughs> yeah. And, and piggybacking off that. So I guess as the person who is the owner, 
Yes. Uh, there's often a lot of misconceptions about people who want to start a copywriting business or people who want to start a content-based kind of business that a lot of what they'll be doing is just all they'll be doing is marketing 24-7. Yes. So if I had to ask you a question, envision oh, uh, for the Spotify listeners, oh my God. <laughs> um, drawing, a, drawing a little pie and then this has, it's the pie is 100% of Chris's time. Yep. So in terms of that 100% split, in terms of, let's say, the key activities that you do, and let's keep it to, <laughs> let's try to keep it to five, three to yeah, five activities. How would you split up that 100% division, say, in any given week or just on reflection? Okay. Uh, wow. These are great questions. Okay. So <laughs> I would say, um, I would say 60 to 70% would be marketing. And when I say marketing, I mean networking, presenting connections with mm. clients, um, working strate- strategy, um, thinking big picture, all of that huge picture stuff is as a business owner, that's what you do. Um, I would mm. say maybe 20% of the um, actual getting in and doing it um, and then the remaining parts would be admin and it's just it's just unavoidable like i've got a team of five now and we're, we're probably going to hire two more this year and um and it, it still requires like you have to be to somewhat involved i've just hired an operations manager and she now works full-time and she does a lot of that admin stuff but in the end there's mm. things that can't help like um projects that need quoting that that are just mm. because every project is different there's never going to be i need a blog blogs can be even yeah. a single blog can be extremely varied like i write sometimes for medical companies and they have to go through like mm. five months of, of approval um, and that changes <laughs> yeah. everything so so every day in a marketing business is different and you need to accommodate that so to your original question mm. is for people who want to who have aspirations of setting up a business fantastic it's a great thing but know that your the expertise and what you end up doing is very different to just content creation. You mm-hmm. actually have to live and breathe marketing. So if, you, mm-hmm. if you're a designer and you go, I want to design to my heart's content, um, setting up a business is a different experience because what happens is at first you do a bit of design and do a bit of customer admin. And then what happens mm-hmm. is the customer base grows, they need more attention, and then you can't design because you, you have to sleep. Right, yeah. and so <laughs> like I was doing just copywriting and admin, copywriting, admin, and then I found that lots of admin, more admin, more admin, more customer, mm. you know, more marketing, and all that window shrunk, and so mm. that's when you have to build a team, and so yes, that is it's something that you have to weigh up. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that, I'll leave it there because there's a lot, there's a lot involved. But that's, yeah. <laughs> You have to constantly be growing the business and running the business rather than inside the business. Mm, exactly. And it's like thinking, it's actually, I think, I can't remember the exact phrasing for it. It's just like, oh, like you run the business, you don't let the business run you. Yeah, that yeah, kind of thing. So working on it, business. not in it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. 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 And moving, I guess, more to the employee side of things, because I'm not too sure about how many people want to go out and start their own agency out of university first. Yeah. More likely, if they wanted to go down the content route, they'd really want to, I guess, dive into a little bit more of the employee side of things. Yes. So from your experience working as a CMO, as well as running your own agency, in that hiring position, 
for someone straight out of university or during university with little to minimal, no experience, what would be some roles that they would serve regarding content side of things? Yep. Um, I, based on my experience and my opinion, because there's a lot of, like there's hundreds and thousands of different ways to, to join the industry mm. now. Um, I would, I would say as a general rule, get experience. Okay. And then I'll go into roles, but just get experience. The reason why is because when you're studying at university or TAFE or college or whatever you're doing, um, they teach you the framework. And, and I want to say that, that it's still necessary. Okay, so the framework and the mindset that university and college and teaching and all that gives you is really important. Um, there's just something about when you're studying um, and the deadlines and assessments and working with people that you just can't get anywhere else. So I would definitely suggest mm. people that are thinking, oh, university is a waste of time or anything. It's not. It really does build <laughs> a good mindset and a foundation. Um, but in saying that, you need much more than just a uni degree because they teach you so much. Mm then you literally have to get in there and 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 learn and learn through mistakes, learn through experimentation. Mm. Marketing is, is like is unlike any other practice. There is no hard and fast rule. There's not, um, even though I showed you a textbook, there's no textbook that says <laughs> A plus B equals C because it never does that. It's not like mm. accounting where there's a standard practice and you do this and you do that and it makes this. There, It's always... Mm creative, innovative, shifting, changing, evolving. Um, what you did yesterday doesn't work today. Um, what you do today mm. uh, might work better than tomorrow. It's so random. And so um, the only way you learn from my experience is through experience. And so to the, for the roles, um, it all depends on your strengths. So, for example, if you're obsessed with social media and you have a love for it, then uh, a social media media manager or some sort of like management role around social media, I don't mean manager as in high up, I mean like someone that manages social media is a really good role to start with. Um, and don't worry about the business industry or type or size because what you'll find mm. is that um, even the most abstract businesses will offer you a lot of experience because they often don't know what they're doing um, because they've all mm. got older generations in there who might not appreciate social media like you do. So when you can get in there and go, you know what, what have you got? Like, um, And they might say, I don't know, this is what they'll say. I've got a Facebook, I guess, <laughs> right? And then, <laughs> and then you go, oh, my gosh. And then you know, when you get over that shock, then you go, right, What? What's, who's the audience and what are our objectives? And then you'll say we should have LinkedIn. We should have mm. maybe Twitter. We should have uh, Instagram, right? And then uh, and then you can definitely have Google My Business, right? And then you start to set them up and they'll go, wow, you're a rock star, okay? Because <laughs> they've never tried these things and they want you to um, embrace it. So w sometimes you'll get graduates or people that are in uni and studying that go, oh, I want to work in Google. And actually the mm. most growth that you can get is in a business that has no clue, <laughs> Mm. Because, like I told you before, <laughs> is marketing is a series of experimentation, right? And so mm. when you get into a company that goes, this is what we've got a good grasp on our product or service, but we don't know what we're doing, that's when that experimentation really helps.
okay? Um, if you are less obsessed with one particular niche and you want to learn more about marketing in general, always a marketing assistant. A marketing mm. assistant is actually a phenomenal role for people of all different types of marketing practices. The reason why is because you get in and you are like the support um, for everyone else. And so you get exposed, unlike others who are more of a niche, you get exposed to um, so many different areas of the business and you have mm. to pick up a lot of the pieces. And I know I was a marketing assistant for a couple of roles and it was the best way to fast track my career because I had mm. my university and I was while I was studying, I was working and I, I have never shown interest in hardware and I, my first marketing role was in hardware. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, I don't know why it's my role. And I was there for about two or three years and I learned so much because I had people everywhere, people sharing ideas. I could take my studies and apply it. There were things that I was learning and things that I could show them. And because you're working with five product managers or a whole marketing team who kind of give you bits and pieces, you get so much exposure so fast that you can actually mm. pick up a lot. So recommend that kind of approach <laughs> yeah and the main thing i took away from that and i think there's a bit of confusion regarding titles as well so regarding manager you might also hear and manager assistant you might see coordinator yeah coordinator well. assistant and that's a common kind of one mm-hmm. yeah and it's important that when you approach a business as well or you go to an interview or not even that if you're just helping out a local business kind of outlining you know what are some what kind of wiggle room can you have to experiment with different areas is a great opportunity because at least from my experience the best way to learn about marketing because the applications and all the softwares changed so quickly is mm-hmm. just to get in there and just yes. do it and just kind of crack right. on with it and the best way to learn exactly and, right and exactly so right you brought up a good point is in your interview Here's a hack. If you seriously want to impress them, say this. Say, do I have the opportunity to learn, grow, experiment, and make mistakes in this in this role? Okay. Now, mm. it might sound like a negative thing, but you trust me, as someone who's recruited many people, if someone said that to me, I would be super impressed because mm. it makes me as a recruiter and as a as a marketing manager and as someone that's in the role, I would think that's someone that gets it and that's someone that mm. gets that, that is willing to be brave and innovative see anyone can do the basics right anyone can mm. get in there and post a few things on facebook and go yeah that's fine but it takes someone that's going to push the boundaries and find new ways and think outside the box um that really will help you go far and if you say that in your interview and really mean it that will help Mm. And now the last part of this section is actually talking on networking. Uh, this is such a big topic, so oh yes, <laughs> I'm going to try and get it into you a very like kind of. Lucas, <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's not like, hey, tell us what's this. It's like, give us this entire. <laughs> I love it. Great, right? um, yeah, thank you so much for that as well. But in terms of networking, okay. Uh, a lot of my friends and people I've talked to find networking to be just a beast that where they just don't know where to start. Yeah. And so if you want to, and one thing I always emphasize is when you network, don't network to try to get a job, network to learn more about the person and what they do. <laughs> that is the best approach possible. Um, that's the general mindset that I guess I've applied. Um, and in terms of for you personally, when it comes to networking, 
if you were a university student and you kind of wanted to build your network out a bit more, where do you think would kind of be, let's say three, three places that would be kind of best to start with that? Yeah. Networking is seriously so underrated by Mm. every level, every level, straight out of university, all the way to the top. Um, Mm. Networking, despite all that's happened with this COVID stuff, is is still so powerful. Um, And so I would... And, and uh, look, being a natural extrovert, I've got a bit of a leg up, I have to admit. Like, I naturally mm. go in there and I'm like, <laughs> hey, everyone. Right? And, so, and so I have to admit. But in saying that, what I want, you, what I want to say in that point is um, networking takes practice. And if you think I'm too mm. shy, I'm not going to do this, um, then I would suggest practicing and embracing it because marketing, a lot of it is opportunity. And a lot of opportunity mm. comes from the most strangest of places. Um, and and I'm trying to think of an example. I've had, I've been to meetings where I've just zoomed in, thought not much of it, and scored an entire website project because mm. someone said, oh, my God, you sound like you know what you're doing. Can you help me? And then I ended up writing like a 15-page website for a client. Mm. Um, I've met with um, people who have connected me with people who then who who ends up connecting me with Australian Bureau of Statistics, who then um, paid me to come <laughs> down to Australian Bureau of Statistics and teach a two day course at the ABS in the government. And you don't understand, like I was, I was so honoured, right? And I thought to mm. myself, like I remember I was on the podium talking to ABS, and I was like, how did I get here? And it was through, <laughs> right? It's like. Someone talks to someone else who talks to someone and then you just start chatting and then they put you to someone else. Mm. So long story short is networking is an invaluable skill for marketers, okay, mm. and, and you should never think I'm not made for networking. You, you've got to learn to network because it's so important and such a valuable, crucial skill, okay. So that aside, um, your answer, the answer to your question is the first thing I would suggest is go to Eventbrite. Eventbrite is a great website, and what you can do is you can actually filter out into marketing, and then you can actually then, uh, if you want, and this was a really good thing for me in years that have gone by, is click on free, and you'll Mm. be surprised how many events come up. Now, I know COVID's changed the environment a little bit, but... It's still, it's still a lot of Zoom meetings and all that sort of thing. But um, Eventbrite, when I turned it on to free, there were um, Facebook courses. There were um, mm. the trend, like they would have, we've put together a panel um, of, of five marketers who are going to talk about AI or what's coming up next or what's in event marketing and blah, 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 right? And what I did was I literally had a card and I had my cards with me and I would just go to the event and sit down. And you naturally speak to people that are sitting next to you. Someone, they, you can't help it. The person next to you will go, hey, what's your name? And I'm like, hi, I'm Chris. Um, you know, uh, I have my own marketing agency. And they go, oh, I'm part of marketing agency. Click. Okay. And then you just start talking. And so many so many connections and so many clients came out of these meetings. So, mm. and I know that I'm a different boat to some people that, that, that I say at uni. But if you go and you, uh, you're a uni student 
uh, or a college student, TAFE student, whoever you are, and you go there and you speak, you just sit next to people, you'll speak to people and they'll say, oh, I'm part of this agency. And you go, oh, that's fantastic. And as you said before, Ryan, it's not about saying, do you have a job? It's about saying, <laughs> what do you do there? And if you mm. genuinely show interest, you never know what doors that opens. And again, don't get discouraged. So don't if they go, well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Ryan. Don't go, well, that didn't work. Networking doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> take their card, exchange cards, or or write mm. their details down. Say, say, I'll add you on LinkedIn is always a good one. Okay. Mm. And then what you do is then you jump on that and go, okay. Um, uh, and then you you just uh, you just you find the doors will open because you talk to someone mm. who someone and then all of a sudden you're in a role and you go i mm. can't believe i got here and i never yeah. would have found this on say sink you know i found it because <laughs> I was so those are mm. really good and there's of course this uh, event bright is a bit cheating because you get access to hundreds of different <laughs> events right so mm. that, that's a really good way to get on there um others are industry bodies like the australian marketing institute they they hold regular meetings and things like that mm. um there's a lot of like business chambers around suburbs mm. and you'd be surprised because you think, oh, they they sound like a stuffy old organisation. But business <laughs> chambers, if you're in a particular suburb, um, every suburb has a chamber of some regard. And if you, like mm. I've been to some around cities in the West and all those sort of things, and you go and you meet all these people in local businesses that are just friendly, happy locals and you talk mm. to them, and like I've spoken to people in pest control that have said, "Hey, nice to meet mm. you." Would exchange cards or LinkedIn, or um, I've talked to people who do videography that I go, "Hey, we have a natural synergy because I do the script writing," and then they go, "Well, I do video, and I need a script writer." So, what I would say is have a look around, but Eventbrite is the place to start. You'll be surprised what what mm. um, what's on there for free. Mm. If that yeah, and um, yeah, and, and funnily enough. Uh, I feel like I rant and rave about this way too much, but the way that I'm working in my current coordinator role was because I went to an event at General Assembly and actually found that off event, bright funnily enough. Um, <laughs> and the job was called how to. The seminar was a free workshop for an hour and a half, and it was called how to get a job at a startup. And um, all I did was I made a I made a commitment to be like, okay, I put myself outside of the comfort zone to go yeah. talk to at least one of the presenters that was on the panel. And one of the presenters was like, oh, we're actually looking for an intern at the moment connected me with the person who's hiring the intern, went for an interview, and then it's all gone from there. And that role, that internship, wasn't actually advertised See? on your traditional job boards as well. You just proved my point, right? And and mm. it's happened to me. I've had a few interns in my business, and they've only done, say, like three months because I had to complete it for university. And mm. I loved it because I love to mentor. And so, and but I don't actively advertise it. It was just that she spoke to a friend who was a client who mm. then worked me and said, do you take people like this? And I was like, sure, I'll give it a go. So like you just proved, Ryan, is how <laughs> you said, I'm not good at this. It makes me nervous, but I'm going to give it a go. And look what mm. happened. So to everyone listening, to everyone watching, um, I encourage you to don't be pushy, don't be nasty, but open the door up a little bit and say, mm. you know, I'm just going to talk to one person like you did and see what happens and don't get discouraged exactly exactly and one thing i've learned with networking is as well when you're connected with a busy professional don't be discouraged if no. you send messages them on linkedin and they take a while to get back it's genuinely just because they have a lot of things to yeah. do and not everyone sits on linkedin 24 7 and instant and, replies 
messages that's and the same with really emails point. as well. That's a really good point. It's not um, like it's not like we're ignoring – like I, I sit there and sometimes I get those emails. It's not like I'm like, oh, I never do that. But there are times <laughs> where what I do is I star them and then I come back to the mm. on Saturday where, where things are slower and I'm not getting bombarded exactly. by clients. And then therefore I can just go, hey, you know, I saw this. This is interesting. And that, that's how I did with you. That when you contact me, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I was going to make him wait. It was just, you know, <laughs> we just have to get a breathing moment. Yeah, 100%. And the final question from this section on networking is, from your experience, and we'll keep this to three for, for brevity's sake, what would be some of your pet peeves? when it comes to networking that you've seen that people have asked for a coffee and you're like, oh, this is like, I don't like this. Or just in general, from your own experience, what are kind of three main lessons that you don't, like the no-goes when it comes to networking? Yeah, um, being too pushy. That is is a really uh, frustrating. Like uh, what I mean is is if you're too full on, um, it causes friction and it's not going to do you Mm. any good. So, like, there's a difference between being confident and annoying, right? So, if you say, hi, like, I'm really enjoying marketing, I'm enjoying studying, um, it's something that I really want to do, that's more confident. If you say, hey, I've been looking up your business and, um, and there's a role there and I think you need me, um, that, that will, uh, it, it might work in one of ten, I'm not going to lie, but most of the times people just take that as you're already coming off as conflicting mm. and people go, you know, um, and people go, I don't want to have that person in my team because you might be upsetting everyone, like you might be too full on. Um, so, so that's one I would say um, people can tell very fast if you're not genuine. So if mm. you literally go, oh, I'm just going to butt kiss you for for, for 20 minutes, <laughs> people, people aren't impressed by that and they, and they will often mm. go, you need to stop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so be genuine. And the last one would be when you don't care. And what I mean by that is mm. you go in there and you go, I don't care what you do. I couldn't care less. Just give me something. Um, and even though you won't blatantly <laughs> say that, um, there's something that, like I know as a business owner as and as a colleague and someone that's worked in the industry for a long time is that you can tell when people just don't care and mm. that there's nothing more soul destroying than when you're trying to help someone that doesn't care. Mm. So like, as in, um, I've had interns, unfortunately, that have um, had have been really enthusiastic, and then you bring them in, and then they just completely don't care, and then you and and mm. it breaks my heart because I want to share my knowledge. I love sharing knowledge and helping people, um, and there's nothing that, that hurts more than when they just like, oh, Chris, I don't like, I don't care, and you're like. If you, if you don't want to be here, there's people that want to be here. So, so you know, mm. and, and it's okay not to care, but then don't stick around in that area that you don't care. Like find a place mm. or an area or an industry you do care about because if you're not passionate about something, find something you are passionate about. Mm. Yeah, and those are some really great tips. So the, the main theme here is, I guess, just being genuine and most people are, are pretty yeah. willing to help out yeah. uh, regardless of how busy they are. Just like 10, 15 minutes uh, of yeah. their time as well. Yeah. And heading into the last section of today's interview, we're kind of casting a net more towards the future now. Yeah. So the first question I have for you now, Chris, is in terms of the future direction of content marketing and, and where you're seeing that heading, what are some of your predictions with that? Yeah, um, of course, AI. AI is unavoidable um, mm. and, and it's a good thing. Uh, embracing AI is going to help. 
So that's definitely something that you cannot avoid, like machine learning and all that sort of digital analysis and all that kind of thing and automation is definitely where content marketing is going. Um, but in saying mm. that, genuine creativity and innovative thinking is is more valuable than ever before. Right brain thinking is mm. more valuable than ever before. The reason why is because the reason I just gave you is AI is becoming big. So what's happening is mm. AI is automating data creation, data collection, analysis, and all that kind of stuff. And so, but the AI can't replicate out of the box thinking connections between two concepts. Mm. Like these are things that humans do very, very well. So what's going to happen in content and marketing in general is AI will start to get rid of repetitive tasks and start to get better and better at automating all those kind of things. And mm. um, and the real endeavour of people and humans and doing what we do best is the emotional side of content and making connections and that H2H marketing, which is human-to-human marketing rather than B2B or B2C, it's H2H. Mm. Um, and and mm. it's around that creativity and innovative thinking. Um, the other one I would say is being a... Uh, um, the, the data side, but also creative data. So not just I collect data. It's about going, here's what the data says. What does this mean? Mm. See, AI can do data collection analysis. It can show you graphs forever. But when someone says, did you notice that this corresponds to that? And this could mean that. And we could try this and that could do that. Mm. That's a good skill as well in content marketing and marketing in general. So they're the three areas, uh, creativity and innovation. AI is inevitable and you have to embrace it. And the third one is um, making connections and using data in a way that can't be replicated by one plus one equals two. Hmm. Yeah, I know a, a concern that uh, some people have to an extent with there's a few things that people, AI can literally write copy for you these days and can write yeah. like a blog post and things like that. It's important to note that AI is and machine learning as a whole is kind of programmed to learn about these best practices and yeah. apply these best practices and what will differentiate. And funnily enough, basically, this is what marketing was around 20 years ago anyways. Yeah. But <laughs> what separates good marketing from great marketing is the creativity and the elements behind it. No longer are there going to be any gimmicky like growth hacking or any of this kind of speed running and trying to do things in a non-organic fashion. It's going to be very reliant on how creative can you be to create that genuine value add for your other human instead of like your target market, right? And I know one thing for university students that they can bring to the table is going up in this generation as well. One thing that is not as... As a shame of those repetitive kind of tasks, those entry-level roles in marketing kind of getting diminished, it's important that employers are always looking for people that provide new perspectives and provide new ideas yeah. when it comes to how they can pivot in a future direction. And a lot of that will come from the people who are listening right now. So don't be discouraged to share your ideas as well. And, and, and to be honest, smart business owners and smart marketers will listen to you. Right, that's mm. the difference. A um, an egocentric. I'm going to be in trouble for this, but an egocentric <laughs> dominant person that that is silly enough to think that they know the, the ultimate answer is silly. Mm. Right, it really they mm. are silly. Um, I have people that join my business. They don't know anything about my business, but I listen to them. And the re- I'm not, I'm not mm. saying that they're always right, but their outside perspective and their new, fresh thinking can revolutionize your business, 
And that's why mm. networking also helps is that someone in a completely different industry to you that you never would have thought of, they might say, I'm doing this. And you go, oh, my God. Like, I never <laughs> even thought of that, right? And mm. you'll have someone you'll have someone in the younger generation or, or just out of college or studies that will say, why don't you do this? And you go, mm. no one ever put that two together, right? <laughs> so so um, what I would say is when you're looking for roles and you're trying to get into roles, um, you should be finding people that are going to listen to you. Now, you don't, don't go in mm. there, like I said before, with a full ego. Right, like, don't go. Oh my god, you don't have Instagram. How dare you? Right, that will that's going to not do you any favors because they're going to mm. it's going to annoy everyone, right? But if you go, Oh, I'm, I'm quite good at Instagram, I use TikTok. Um, have we thought about this? Right, and, and mm. if you win them over with your explanation, they will you will earn their respect quite fast. Mm. So, yeah, that's points. such a great point. And that's, and that's such a great point. And on marketing as well, it really goes back to what Chris was saying. It's always iterative is the way to put it. There's yeah. never one clear-cut kind of solution and framework to solving something. And yeah. that's where it's really important as someone with new ideas, new perspectives on things that bring things to the table. You might even think in your head that it's completely redundant. Like, oh, yes. how can I? Someone's been working 10, 15 years in this industry. They don't have a clue. So, oh, what am I going to know about it? But sometimes it's just that, little idea can maybe get that person with a bit more expertise thinking, oh, wait, like maybe that's not that bad. And I kind of know this as well. Maybe we can put the two together. And that becomes instantly a lot more valuable as well. (laughs) And the final question that I have today is speaking directly to a first or second year student at university who really wanted to get into content marketing. Yep. What would be the one piece of advice that you would give them? What has given you any idea, Ryan, that I can give one piece of advice? I would say, um, look, there's so many that's coming to mind. I'm trying to find what I would window uh, it down to because there's there's be open to mm. learning. Um, there's all the, like, okay. Uh, I would say um, embrace creativity and take mm. that or leave it how you want. But embrace creativity and what i mean by that is don't just go i use different colors like it's about um thinking <laughs> it's about it's about thinking about interesting ways to do things um coming mm. up with something that's fresh unique something that's like you said not gimmicky but but different um absorbing engaging um and it can be something as simple as a tagline um it can be something as big as a completely new platform um but creativity the more you embrace it the more that you let yourself embrace it the better you will be um because creativity Mm. while it is instinctively in humans it does develop if you embrace it. Mm. Um, so what I mean by that is, for example, is try, uh, trying to improve our social media, for example, recently, what we did is um, my marketing manager suggested, could we, we post in the morning and the night, could we make those posts relate to each other? And I was like, what do you mm. mean? Tell me more. And she goes, what if we did a question in the morning and an answer at night? And I was like, mm. Brilliant. And I was like, so what we could do is we could <laughs> ask people what they think about something and then give them our answer at the end of the day and compare them with answers. That did extremely mm. well for us. So what I'm saying is thinking that, that is nothing groundbreaking, but it worked really well and people really mm. engaged with it. 
So do you see what I mean? It's simple, but embracing creativity is is what will do well for you in content mm. marketing. Awesome. And again, thank you so much for your time today, Chris. Unfortunately, welcome, I really everyone, enjoyed it. I loved it. it <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for everyone, um, that will be all for today's podcast episode. But let's say if someone's listening right now and they wanted to talk to Chris a little bit more and really unpack about it as a very specific topic, not to get a job, <laughs> but yeah, to find out uh, more I, about it. I think that's going to happen. Not to get a job. But just yeah. to learn more about Chris himself as a person, as a human being, as well as a little bit more about what he does and his experience, where can they best find and contact you about that? Yeah, LinkedIn is the best one. The reason why is because it's my professional face. So it's where mm. it's where when I jump on there, it's where I look to like I teach a lot of classes and I get people mm. to add me on there because then they ask me questions after that. So LinkedIn mm. is where I share heaps of content um, every single day. I like I share my blog posts and podcasts and things like that with people. I also respond to people in messages and and I'm most active there. So LinkedIn is probably the best way. Awesome. And be sure with that, good practice as well. Always send a personalized connection kind of note to yes. it as well. Don't just send a random one. So you, they know, so Chris knows why you're heading his way as well. But again, yeah. thank you so much for your time today, Chris. Really appreciate thank you, it. Thank you everyone for awesome. listening and, and watching. Awesome. And regarding anyone else, please sure to keep updated by following and subscribing to us on all your podcast platforms and social media. And I hope to see you all at an event in the future. Thanks, everyone. Now, you're simply five seconds away from starting or enhancing your journey to become the most employable marketing graduate. Simply follow the Marketing Insider podcast on your favorite podcast platform and our Instagram for free resources, general marketing education, networking tips, and professional insight.